0: the Marcus Cote Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Cote. Hey guys, welcome back to today's episode of the podcast. I hope everyone's well and has been enjoying these episodes I've been bringing you. On today's episode, I'm very lucky to be joined by Mitch Creek. Mitch plays for the South East Melbourne Phoenix, is a professional basketball athlete, has played in the NBA, and I've loved listening to his story today. So thanks again, Mitch, and enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Marcus Go Fitness Podcast, Mitch.
1: Thank you, mate. Thanks for being. Absolutely beautiful. Quarantine, I, uh, I couldn't ask for a better place to be right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was just going to ask what's been happening. I know you're in quarantine at the moment, but um, yeah, what's been going on?
1: It's been a little bit of an adventure for me. I went over to America a couple of months ago for the Olympic camp. Didn't make it, unfortunately. And then I had the option to come back to Australia straight away. And it just wasn't on the cards for me. I just didn't want to do that. I needed a little bit of time away to decompress. Kind of probably deal with some of the mental health stuff I was going through at the time. Uh, You know, I had to kind of give myself a nice distraction. and Coming back to an environment that was still pretty hairy and messy and a lot of things going on uh, negatively over here in Australia, especially uh, back in Victoria, it's been pretty tough. And, you know, COVID has been a long stint over there. I didn't want to rush back into it. So spent some time, stayed in uh, Santa Monica. So on the beach in California, which was absolutely pearly weather, uh, 40 degrees every day, pretty much skydiving, you know, motorbikes, friends. Uh, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, really cool. And yeah, thanks again for joining me. It's a great opportunity for me, and yeah, someone I look up to, um, in the basketball world. So yeah, I do appreciate uh, your time today as well. But awesome. I just want to start, I suppose, your story, your background, growing up, as as how you how you got into basketball, the love of it as well.
1: Yeah. So I, I grew up in a little little town in Victoria called Horsham, a couple of hours. I think it's east of, of Melbourne. Yep. Oh, west of Melbourne. Sorry, and. But basically just grew up there, small little population town, played basketball, footy, uh, even played a season of cricket in there at one point. Yeah. Uh, growing up, I always rode motorbikes and pushies and skateboarded and stuff like that. So I was always outside. When I was kind of young, I played just local development, kind of basketball, just reps, rep team stuff. But yeah. we didn't really have more than eight to ten people would try out. So we never really missed teams. Like you just made it because yeah. they were, you know, they were there. So it's uh it wasn't too bad it was a good little upbringing i love my time there i did a lot of the the itc nitp kind of trainings on the weekends when the camps came up i was very fortunate that mum and dad were able to find a way to get me down there do the camps i never did very good i kind of struggled i wasn't a very good you know really really good junior player i was solid i had some potential and that's kind of where my career started was that you know, you did under 16 national yeah. champs for Victoria Country. Then we did under 18 bottom age champs. You know, we got a silver medal. We got a bronze medal. And then we did, you know, under 20s both years with the state team where it's combined. We won two gold medals. Started to do well there. Got in, invited to the Institute of Sport. Spent my time there for a year and a bit and then had a world, world championships in Germany, I think it was, at the Albert right. Schweitzer tournament. It was MVP, had an all-star selection. We won a gold medal. Uh, and that's where the, the, the pathway was like, you could actually play professionally and make some money doing this. And that's when it first hit me that, you know, what you think is so out of reach is sometimes it feels like that, but then all of a sudden it's just right there and you're like, holy shit, i got to make the most of this. And yeah. I signed a deal with the Adelaide 36ers for three years, spent a bunch of time and yeah, just kind of spent eight years in, in the NBL Europe, did NBA stints for a couple of teams back in the NBL hoping to get back out to America or to like high level Europe at the end of the season. We missed the last two years, one with COVID and one the season last season just went way too far and ran into all the opportunity windows. So fingers crossed, touch wood that everyone stays healthy. The the season doesn't get delayed too much and we get to go have another chance at, at the big smoke. But that's, I guess the kind of quick quickest way I can kind of yeah. run through my career. A lot of shit along the way, but you know, it's um, that's the nuts and bolts of it, I guess.
0: No, that's an unreal story, and yeah, listeners obviously are gonna love that story, like to listen to be able to that. And for different, I suppose for different kids or pathways that kids go sometimes as well. It's like not just like the easy way to go, but yeah, there's always obviously hurdles and things you gotta cross at the same time. And I think once you find that passion with any sport, or it doesn't have to be a sport as well, but to follow it and uh, kind of set your goals to be able to achieve that. And from there, I suppose when when you were going through the ranks, did did you did you think you, obviously you could make living out obviously you've been a professional basketball player at the time
1: probably not to be honest I never really thought of it a whole bunch yeah. I honestly thought of it more as something that it was a cool opportunity to go and play somewhere and do something and that was fine but then when you turn around and you got people saying hey you could you know you could do you know you could play pro you could go to college yeah. you think oh that's really cool to hear like you know you're hyping yeah. me up you're kind of gaslighting me a little bit but then you realise that you know what there's a lot of guys that are talented out there that I think I'm better than, yeah. that played college or played pro or you've seen work out and you're like, are they that good? And mm-hmm. then you kind of start to get to train against them, play against them, and then you're like, wow, the belief starts to grow. Mm. Now, you can be a confident young man or woman playing basketball professionally or any sport or anything you do. Yeah. But at some, some point in time, you have to be able to put yourself in that situation and then go, you know what? I'm going to try and go after this wholeheartedly, well and truly telling myself I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it, I'm good enough, you know, be loud and proud, whatever it is, and you don't make it. Mm-hmm. And then that's enough for some people to go, that's it, I'm going to throw the towel in. Yeah. And I, I, I started out and I didn't think I could do it. You know, yeah. it took me a long time, even years yeah. after I was a professional, to mm-hmm. really have that self-belief that I could do this. You know, yeah. I could stay there. I deserve to be a good player. I deserve to be a starter or a captain or an MVP or an opportunist to, to play overseas. Mm. took me a long time to really come to grips with that so it definitely wasn't something i had at a young age i didn't have a lot of self-belief you know at that age i didn't know enough about it i just thought i was a country kid bit rough around the edges that was pretty good at something and maybe i can make a living out of but i never really believed it until i got probably to my mid-20s
0: i know with myself and my personal development obviously that confidence i think is just I think sometimes over time, you just got to, I think it's building on it. I know for myself as a young kid, like pretty shy, still am a bit, but I think for myself, it's just building that confidence. And I I know over time, obviously in my teens now, like I've got so much more confident with obviously speaking to different people or with that, but I think it's just that building on as much as you can. And yeah, as you said, that self-belief in yourself, I think is massive. And I know for myself, I'm huge on that too.
1: Yeah. And you, it's very easy for people to look at other people in positions of success or development, whatever it is. But then you have to understand, well, how did they get there? What were they doing to, you know, to to give themselves that chance? I seem like a very outgoing person and everything else. But then when I get around certain people or, you know, situations or even when I'm by myself, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much the opposite. Like I kind of keep to myself a little bit. I like to go and do what I want to do. Like, Yeah, Yeah, I do some crazy things and yeah, I do some things that people go, oh, that's a bit out there. That's a bit wild. That's a bit, you know, but really it's just, it's, it's about me and it's about my love and my passion for things and, you know, my curiosity, I suppose. And that's where people are so limited to a little box nowadays. They're put in it. Society tells you, stay in that box. Don't say anything. Don't do anything outside that box. Otherwise, you know, you're, you're stuff. Yeah. People believe that and they think that's how they have to live. Yeah. And that's, that's the worst thing I think society has nowadays is it ruins the belief for a lot of people. And unfortunately people fall into that trap. So I think I'm here now to try and like get people to be like to everyone that doesn't believe in them and doesn't tell, you know, tells them the wrong thing or says, Hey, that's not okay. Or you can't do this.
2: Yeah.
1: I just want to stand here on the top of it and just be like, piss off. Like, Stop yeah. being so negative. You don't have, if, if it doesn't affect you directly, yeah. or it's not going to change the outcome of your day because I'm doing Tai Chi on the balcony mm-hmm. or I'm you know doing some breathing techniques and I look weird. You don't yeah. have to say something or put me down. Just no. let me be. That's you go it. do your thing, I'll do my thing. I'm going to have a great time doing it and I hope you have a great time too. And I think that's where we're kind of backwards in the world right now. So I'm just trying to get people to find a, find a way to to, to to pursue that kind of thinking.
0: No, that's spot on, there. I absolutely love that. I know listeners are going to get lots out of that, so yeah, it's unreal to hear. I know speaking like as an athlete for people as well, it's like their time to switch off as well. Like you don't want to be, as I said, like like obviously you got you got your training and your game days and like that, but then you've got your time. You want to switch off from games, TV, media, kind of things like that. So things that you go out and enjoy, like that's what that's what you want to do. And I think sometimes people don't get all the media thing. That they're crazy for doing it kind of thing or they, they just want them to be like that's, that's their like that's a job like NBL player that's all, that's all you can do for your kind of like your rest of your days kind of thing
1: yeah and look I've been put in that box so many times I still get yelled at I still get told not to do things not to post yeah. things not to say things and I'm going to be very careful with what I say but at the same time you know you can say nothing and that can that can say more than than actually saying something physically so <laughs> You know, we're very aware of our position, our situation and the, the ripple effect that can have on people. But at what point in time do you kind of live and act accordingly to other people's opinion, yeah. to other people's wants and needs and beliefs? And I used to kind of be super against them and, you know, like I just do my own thing and whatever else. But as my, I guess my, my reach has grown and my, um, you know, I guess who I am has kind of become more public. It's a bit harder to kind of turn that away. you have to do the right thing for your career, your team or yeah. you know your management, your family, and friends because yeah. you know unfortunately for me like I've kind of been through enough shit now where I understand what it's like to be on the good end of it, and I've been on the bad end of it publicly, yeah. so you have to take it all in your stride and understand that it's a it's a it's a part of the day's work, and yeah. you're indispensable you know to to many, but you're very dispensable to the few that probably you know you might work for or that are around you like people think the world can't touch you but until it pushes you in the ass off the edge you don't really notice that so yeah yeah, it's, it's it's a shame that the media work that way nowadays but yeah i hope that at some point in time we can have a very uncensored you know style of living where we can have freedom of speech our own beliefs and voice those without being censored
0: No, that's awesome. That's really good points there. Now, touching on, I suppose, your NBA experience, how was that? And is it obviously the the goal is to obviously to get there at the moment? But yeah, more experience. How was that for
1: yourself? Loved it. Had a great time. Started in veterans camp, which is like a training camp for the NBA. Didn't make it. Went to the G League team in the the NBA G League for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, So we were with the Long Island Nets there. Spent most of the season doing pretty pretty well. Um, thought I did all the bits and pieces I needed to and and, and played a very consistent, good role for that team. Yep. Uh, went through with regular season champs, got to the finals. Semi-finals a, a week away and I get a call and it was basically, you know, you're getting picked up. You know, the Brooklyn Nets are yeah. going to sign you. you got a 10-day contract. you got a second 10-day contract. Uh, you, you know, you go through that whole... The whole journey isn't about the destination. It's yeah. just about the journey yeah you know I don't think about the games I played in the NBA and say that was the best part I go through the mental battles and I think how hard was it to get there you know how hard was it to stay over there by myself in snowing New New York <laughs> not knowing anyone pretty much the only white guy on the team that was playing like yeah. in a pretty selfish league you know I-, I guess if people are accustomed to thinking that the G leagues are very selfish league. so you're going in there thinking you know I'm going to be a very unselfish and let's see if we can make that brand of basketball a bit of a cancer and spread that across every like you know is everyone going to be a part of it yeah at first it wasn't really like that i was kind of a bit of an outcast and uh, <laughs> after a while i guess my energy enthusiasm and the passion and the, the hustle and heart i played with kind of trickled down to other guys and we had some a really unselfish group yeah. which made it a lot easier and the transition was very quick uh, had great support from the coaches friends family uh, yeah. people back home and, and all across the world but yeah, mate, I tell you what, to walk onto that court game one against uh, the Knicks, um, shoot free throws the first time you get in, like nervous as all hell, <laughs> shaking your boots, you're shitting yourself because you're like, it's just two free throws, that's it. Yeah. I wasn't meant to play that game. Uh, the coach was like, look, game one tonight, we're not going to play it, just enjoy the atmosphere. Yeah. And one of the players from Brooklyn actually got injured on a play shooting and he hurt his shoulder, went out, and the opposition coach gets to select a player yeah. from the team to, to, to shoot. So the opposition coach actually picked me because he knew it was my first game. Um, <laughs> went out, missed my first one. I was so nervous. Made the second one, you know, got subbed off straight away on the bench. Yeah. But, you know, everyone was so happy and so proud. And, you know, I was just over the moon. You know, yeah. the whole life's work for yeah. for one free throw. And I could have gone home then and there and I could have been happy. Like, really, yeah. like, that was... It's a culmination of life's work, sacrifices, and not just yours, those around you. Yeah. So, yeah, to say it was, was an absolutely beautiful journey is an understatement and a disrespect to the whole journey. So I can't say enough about it. I can't urge people enough just to chase their dreams yeah. and to go after it, you know, relentlessly. You know, if you can do that, you're going to put yourself in a great position to find that success or that next step or to get that next goal. Worst case scenario, you're going to fall a little bit short, and you're still going to end up with a great result. So yeah. that's what I tried to do. Ended up getting signed with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Played the rest of the season there. Went yeah. back, thought I could play with them again. Didn't happen. So came back to Australia, played a season, and um, you know now this is home for a little bit.
0: That's such an incredible story, and yeah, credit to your hard work, what you've done. So um, I definitely know that you'll be back there in uh, no time. So it'd be awesome to see. I suppose the atmosphere for yourself, like like, is it such a different environment to uh, NBL overseas as well?
1: Yeah, it is a little bit. Uh, Europe is pretty similar to Australia. The bigger teams are probably more like Australia. Smaller teams are still very passionate, but just a little bit smaller in size. The NBA is just like a big big who can do it better. You go to Vegas and every single place is like, you know, incredible lights and cameras and flashing and, Come here, look at this, and yeah. the next hotel is like a bigger, better version, trying yeah. to say more of that, and then the next one's the same, and I feel like that's the nBA everyone's trying to do
2: yeah. you
1: know the product side, the entertainment side as well as obviously the playing and winning and, and that counts as well, but
2: yeah
1: yeah, I think that you know most mostly you know pretty pretty crazy experiences yeah it was crazy. uh it was certainly something that you cherish forever, you never forget. But at the same time, you know, it comes and goes like that. Yeah. And you need to make sure that you enjoy those moments. You look around, you, you take in the noises, the smells. There's just so many little things that I remember I did uh, that, you know, you will look back at and be able to remember those, those mm. feelings and those sensations and those senses that I got to experience. So it was a very cool, very cool thing indeed. It was a very good, very fun experience to play there.
0: That's really cool. Yeah, I think memories forever for yourself. So that's really cool to hear. Did anyone, I suppose, take you under your wing, or did you have anyone that you kind of looked up to a little bit?
1: Bits and pieces, yeah. It was more of a, I wasn't a rookie going in. Like I've played over in Australia for, I think it was eight years at the time. I played a bit of a season in Europe. So I was a bit more of an established player in that group where, you know, I could say a few more things, I could have a bit more input. I wasn't a rookie that just kind of sat on the end of the bench and, you know, had someone mentor him. There were people that were really good. Uh, D'Angelo Russell was fantastic. Yep. Damari Carroll was really nice. Jared Dudley got to work a lot with Kenneth Fareed. Uh, yeah. when he was injured for a little bit. But then a lot of the coaches and staff, there's so many staff there, yeah. so many assistants. You know, they're all so fantastic. So, you know, you, you enjoy those experiences and you you hold on to them forever. Yeah. Uh, but a- along the way, there's some pretty, pretty special people you meet.
0: Yeah, I was about to say, I'm sure that you would have met definitely a lot of people like, become like very good friends for yourself too so i think that's really awesome to be able to stay connected with them and it's always great to be a part of that team um, that you'll remember for a long time as well next one i wanted to go on is suppose about nutrition i know you're in quarantine and the meals look pretty uh pretty small for yourself so um uh, i'm, I'm hoping, crazy i'm hoping that you get a few more deliveries for yourself to be able to get a bit of a feed up for you <laughs>
1: Yeah, look, it's been a bit rough so far. I, uh, I'm i a big eater and I don't think the last two months my diet's been fantastic. It's been a lot of, uh, lot of a few beers, uh, a few cocktails, some pizza, you know, quite a few, you know, snacks and treats and lollies. Yeah. But, you know, you've got to have balance and I'm sure it's one of the things you teach is you're not just going to be a chicken and rice guy. Like it's just, it's not sustainable you know now that i'm back in australia i'm cooking and stuff again like yeah. doing the live cooking every night at 7:45, doing live workouts for people free zooms yeah. at 6 30 every night like these are things to keep me busy but now i've got a fridge full of food i can do all of that yeah. i don't have to rely on the food that they give me here so i think <laughs> if i did that i'd be coming in planning at about 45 kilos next season so it wouldn't yeah. be good no,
0: awesome. Yeah, I suppose just touching on nutrition. Yeah, how important do you think is for performance in your game days and training sessions?
1: Oh, it's, it's huge. You know, our training loads are so high. Everything's tracked through catapult systems and training bras, so there's no really room to, to hide or anything. Yeah. Understanding the workloads are high, the recovery's got to be high. You know, sleep, water, food, three really important factors to help us yep. repeat efforts every single day. Uh, it's definitely not an easy job. You yeah. know, you don't wake up in the morning and say, today's going to be a breeze. It's yeah. never really the case. You, you, you go through and you slug it out and there's some hard days, there's some easier days. But all yeah. in all, if I eat better, I feel better. Yeah. I try and make sure I have plenty uh, of good protein, um, plenty of meats and stuff like that. A lot of kind of natural farms and stuff where, where my yeah. meat comes from, because a lot of the nutrients we get come from, uh, you know, animal sources. Now, if you're trying to do the right thing and not eat animals, there's nothing against that at all. I completely support people's choices in all of what they do, but the science kind of shows that there's a lot more nutrients in that meat. So I've been trying to eat a lot more, you know, sources of animals. So even like your venisons, kangaroos, stuff like that, that a little leaner red meats, uh, salmons, uh, your your different kind of fishes and stuff like that. That's, they're big ones that, that, that really do, I think go a long way. And, You know, as much as they can be a little bit repetitive at times, you know, if you're using it for a certain goal, that's the most important thing. So diversify your food, change it up, a few vegetarian meals, plenty of fruit and veg and and plenty of protein. And I find that I'm okay. But if I stray outside of that too much and too inconsistently, then I find my mood changes, my skin changes, my sleep changes, sex drive, recovery Mm -hmm everything changes yeah so it is very important for me and my food definitely something that i put a lot of time and effort into
0: no i know you made a good point about suit like suiting your needs for what your body i think i'm big on that as well with my clients to be able to suit the foods and things for your performance or food that that you enjoy as well but and then i know obviously having that balanced lifestyle too so i think if you can make sure that you get the right foods that you enjoy and then you feel good i think it's probably going to be bang
1: on with that for your lifestyle as well yeah it it is something that you have to understand that it's not all about you know what what effort and work you put in it is a lot about food yeah um but then understanding like if you can understand the basic concept of calories in versus calories out um a little bit of the macro breakdowns if you know any little bit of information it's going to go a long way and help you understanding that if you have too big of a decline or too big of an increase it's going to be probably negatively affecting you if you just try and I'm going to go from 3,000 calories a day to 1,000. Well, it's you might lose a bit of weight in the first week or two, Mm -hmm. but over a long period of time, you know, it's not going to benefit you. So understanding small changes over a long, consistent period of time with good work, you're going to be fine. So I think for anyone out there that does listen, I mean, for me especially, it's just about consistency is key. That's why I'm running. You know, the cooking every night, the the, the workouts every night. Because if you go for a walk or a bit of a jog in the morning and then you do a workout with me at night, you're doing amazing. That's fantastic. Mm. You do that six, five, six days a week, you're killing it. That is phenomenal. You're probably in the one percentile of the world that get to do that and work. You'd be in the healthy class. People forget that, though, because they see social media. They see these crazy fads and these new (laughs) diets and I can lose seven kilos in a week. I've been wanting to lose that seven. Yeah, but it's super unhealthy and sometimes you'll rebound, you know, you'll lose seven, but you'll put on 10 and then that's where it it negatively affects you. So there's so many myths and there's so many fads around that you have to be very careful about what you look into and what you read. But if you're not sure, ask someone like yourself for that kind of information because it does go a long way.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, those points out about social media, I think it's just got to be make sure that you follow people that that you do enjoy, but obviously making sure that they have the right information and they're qualified in certain areas through at the same time.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Next one I want to touch on is, I suppose, goal setting. Are you big on that? And then I'm going to talk about some like, goals of this year and next year for yourself as well.
1: Yeah, big on goal setting, manifestation visualization, all things that I do put time and effort into. I have a a dream board uh, on my door in my room in in, in Melbourne that has my goals on it. That has my big ones on there, has my small ones on there, but something that I put a lot of time and effort into thinking about looking at every day, visualizing it. How can I manifest this in terms of goals this year? It's about just getting through a COVID free season, being able to play, rebuild my brand a little bit after last year or this year try and rebuild the brand a little bit, try and get out there and do a few different things. There's a business I'm actually going to try and start in the next probably month or so. So I'm doing a lot of work on that, trying to get that going. But then there's a few things out there as well that I want to try and put time and effort into. Basketball isn't who I am. Yeah. You know, I play basketball, but I'm not basketball. Yeah. And I've come to realize that, I guess, over periods of time, but I've really just started to believe it now. So yeah. trying to transition away from more basketball-orientated goals because that'll take care of itself. I'll put in the time, I'll put in the work, I'll put in the dedication. And that's going to, as I said, that'll take care of itself.
2: Yeah.
1: But in terms of other things, I need to make sure I try and build other things in my life to a certain degree where, you know, I can be proud of those things and I can, you know, transition into those things once my career finishes. But yeah, definitely get this business off the ground and started within probably about a month out of quarantine. Yeah. Get phase one of that done. And then phase two and three will probably take six to 12 months employee hopefully you know myself probably part to full-time in that and then maybe one or two other people and then try and grow it even more on court wise have a great healthy season obviously try and get ourselves to a position where we can get into a championship run you got to make finals you got to stay healthy you got to have the right building blocks and pillars in place to build a great foundation and then from there you can have the success we kind of did last year we missed out just by a little bit but put ourselves in a great position to be successful and that's all we can ever ask for so it's kind of where i'm at at the moment i'm still trying to coming back a lot of things happened very quick the last probably week or two so i haven't had a good time to refresh put these thoughts down on pen and paper i don't actually have any paper in here (laughs) either so i need to get some sent out but yeah we'll get there mate definitely but i think it's a very big part of of why people are successful in this world
0: that's awesome i know i'm big on that as well and for anyone um, listening as well, what would you advise me, maybe if they haven't done goal setting before, just starting out? What would some advice be for them?
1: I think if you're going to put down some goals, it's good to put down some self awareness stuff as well, because the biggest person or the biggest thing in my life that has held me back is myself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We're all guilty of it at different times. We all have different experiences, but I've been self sabotaging. You know, I've been, you know, someone that's had something great and then let it go. You know, I've made bad choices. I've made good choices. But, you know, sometimes you need to self-reflect. And I think the only thing you can really do is write down a couple of things. Yep. It might be, you know, what's uh, you might start with daily goals. Like, what are three things each day you want to do? For yep. me, I know one is make my bed. It's shower, brush my teeth and floss. That's kind of one. Yeah. Every morning, as soon as I get up and eat and then get out the door. Or I get up straight away, go and do that. I used to be notoriously bad at not doing that. Okay. So I used to get home or whatever from brush my teeth at lunch or dinner. But then like I wouldn't do it in the morning. And I'm like, why am I why am I being lazy? Like get up, make my bed, have a shower, brush my teeth, go and eat, go to training, come home, do that. Yeah. It might be as simple as reading a book. Yeah. Maybe 10 pages a day or 20 pages, 30 pages a day might take 30 minutes.
2: Yeah.
1: Whatever it is. Very simple daily goals. Yeah. Then maybe put a three-month goal. You know, what do I want to achieve in the next three months? Okay, maybe it's a fitness goal. Yeah. All right, What that? what is that fitness goal? I want to lose realistically five five kilos in three months. Okay, how do you break that down? What do you have to do to get that goal? Yeah. So you might have that goal for three months and then under that goal, you might have five things that you can do to achieve that goal. It might be an 80-20 split on healthy eating versus things you just want to eat. Yeah. It might be water, walking, and sleeping a certain amount it's really really simple but you kind of don't just have a vague goal; have it and then break it down a little bit three to five steps yeah and then you might have a long-term goal. you know 12 months what is i want to be a physique competitor i want to feel happy in my own skin yeah there's so many different things it might just be i just want to work out 300 times out of 365 days
2: yeah sweet yeah
1: you give us that How can you do that? Go every day, six days a week, whatever it might be. You can do it. You can achieve it. But are you willing to put in the time and the effort? If you have really simple goals, it may not seem like you're going very far, achieving very much. But understanding that after a year or maybe two years of setting simple goals, you're going to start coming up with more complex goals. Mm. Might be study. Might be religion. Might be love. Might be family. You start to become more complex. You might have a social a business and then a personal. Yeah. And you might have three different lists of goals and they they all change every three months, every month, every six months, every year. But if you keep reevaluating it, you keep growing personally, you keep helping others around you and you keep affecting change for the better.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's probably three things that I wish everyone could take out of doing it. It may seem scary. It may seem bloody silly, (laughs) but if you do it in time, good things will happen.
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome, and they're they're definitely the points I was looking for as well. I think starting slow is a big thing if you haven't done goal seeing before, and just easing your way into it. Obviously, you got your goals you want to do every day. Then obviously, you can go your short term and then your long term as you build on there as well. But there um there's some great points there. I know listeners are going to definitely take that on board there. So thanks so much, for those on Mitch as well. No just worries. Some quick quick fire questions just to finish off for yourself. So favorite movie?
1: Big Hero Six.
0: Cool. Favourite game day meal?
1: Oh, that's a great one. The night before, I normally have like a chicken, avocados, spinach, kale, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, like all in a bowl with a little yep. bit of like, kind of like a tiny bit of like maybe fresh garlic, butter, yep.
2: some
1: lemon, just really nice sauteed, just kind of whip it all together. Plenty of good stuff in there, plenty of greens, and that's what I like.
0: Yeah, that sounds good. Favourite spot to travel?
1: Favourite spot to travel? Yep. That's a tough one. We can't travel anywhere at the moment. (laughs) Uh, I would say probably like, honestly, like skydive destinations. Like I'm a big skydiver. I love (laughs) my jumping. It's a great hobby, but anywhere I can jump. It's such a free, loving community, and it's such a peaceful environment. So definitely anywhere I can jump.
0: Cool. The next one's going to be favourite hobby. So I think you just answered that one there.
1: (laughs) Skydiving, motorbikes, cars. Love him.
0: Unreal. Favourite teammate? This could be on the spot for you now.
1: Oh, <laughs> I, think, I think Gibbo, like me and Gibbo, Adam Gibson, live together. Um, yeah. We've got such a great relationship and friendship. So it's so easy for us to kind of hit it off. We do crazy stuff. We eat, we drink, we, we party, we have fun, we, yeah. we relax, we have the dogs, we have the spa, we have things we've built. We have all these crazy adventures. So awesome. um, he's definitely someone I love, love being around.
0: No, that's awesome to hear. This obviously will start of this season next season um, for yourself. I don't know if you can give any insight. Is there any, like, uh, imports coming your way or we'll have to just wait and see what happens?
1: <laughs> going to wait and see what happens. Uh, yeah. I actually spoke with the coach just before about everything, how I'm going, a few other bits and pieces. But honestly, mate, it's it's going to be an exciting year. Hopefully, fingers crossed that yeah. everything goes to plan. Uh, season-wise, we can get fans, we can get great people there because... Without that fan interaction, it feels like a bit of a kind of a letdown. Um, We want families to be there. We want kids to enjoy it. We want people to have motivation to go and do things because we put on great performances. So that's what we're looking forward to. We just got to hope that plays out that way.
0: No, Awesome to hear. Good luck for the season. I hope everything goes well for it. I know you guys did really awesome this year, but um, take – Definitely want you guys to take the next step and finish off that championship for you. I hope the team stays all healthy. Good luck to yourself. I know you're going to do awesome. And um, yeah, appreciate your time today, Mitch.
1: No worries. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hope everyone's doing well.
0: Awesome. Thanks again, Mitch. I know, guys, you're going to get lots out of today. Um, episode's been an incredible episode. And um, I look forward to sharing it with you guys. Enjoy the rest of your day. Cheers.